0: Welcome to our podcast. To learn more about Liverpool One Church, join us live, give financially and to get involved, head to liverpoolonechurch.com. We believe God wants to do great things in and through your life today. Enjoy this message. What an incredible start to what I know is going to be an incredible Sunday in the house. Church, why don't you go ahead and and take your seats you know it is absolutely fantastic to see you all here today and if it is your first time joining us be it in person or online an extra special welcome we are so excited that you decided to join us today You know, it is always such an honor and a privilege to be able to bring the message, and I am really excited to bring you part two of our summer series, At The Movies, which probably alleviates some of the confusion some of you might have had with the red carpet out in the foyer. Now, before I share my movie with you... And for those people who worried when I came out in pink pants, it is not the Barbie movie. Though as a side note, it is amazing. You should go see it. It's not that. Um, But before we do that, let's right place God. Because as powerful as movies and stories can be to shape our lives, there is nothing greater than the word of God. So church, let's pray. God, I thank you that we get to come here on a Sunday and freely worship you. I pray that whatever barriers, whatever burdens we are holding right now, that we just lay them at your feet so that we can come to you in open arms. God, I pray that you just soften the hearts so that people can hear the words, that there's less of me and more of you, so that they can hear what you want to impart into their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, church, I'm going to leave you in a little bit more suspense as to my movie and ask you this question. Have you ever felt that life is a battle? Maybe I'm describing your life right now. Things are just hard. Whatever you try and do, whichever way you turn, you feel like you are fighting. If this is you right now, or if this has ever been you, then this is the message for you. And what about your faith life? How, when you are fighting these battles, is it impacting your faith? Maybe you're doubting God. You're questioning whether he is even real? And if he is, does he even love you? Because your world around you doesn't look much like love. Is there even a way that we can have faith when we constantly feel like we are under fire? Is there a way to believe in the goodness of God when we are in our battles? Well, today, that is what we are going to explore. We are going to explore how we can have faith faith under fire, and how we can believe in the battles. Now, you've probably guessed with all this talk of battle that my film is a war film. Now, this might surprise some of you, especially given the pink pants, but I absolutely love war films. There's something that just fascinates me about the sheer determination and courage that these soldiers and civilians have in the face of such horror. And I think that there is just so much that we can learn about and from these people. So the film that we're going to explore today is Hacksaw Ridge. Now, when we are looking at determination, courage, and faith, there is no greater person than looking at Desmond Doss, who this whole film is all about. It is such an incredible story about his life, about how he signed up for World War II, without firing a single shot, and save the lives of nearly a hundred people, all while keeping his faith. And I think that there is just so much that we can learn about his courage going into that battle and still keeping the faith in God. We've got a quick trailer just to show you what we're in for. So, so much that we can learn about this incredible man of faith and his courage, but I know that I've still not got some of you convinced Some of you, your battles are looming so large in your life. You are so tired, you are so beaten down by them that you have no idea how you can fight anymore. You've used up all of your courage. You are fighting the battle of abandonment. Maybe you have never known your father. Your mother left, maybe succumbing to her own battles. You were raised by a loving family member, but even they maybe succumbed to the battle of illness and you've got this war raging inside you when people tell you about the goodness and the love of God and then you look at your own life and it's this tension that you just can't seem to battle away from. Perhaps for some of you it's the battlefield of the mind. Now this is a silent and a secret battle and no one truly knows the horrors that you are going through. But it is such a battle to get up every single day as you are fighting against your own voice and the anxiety and the depression that have got you down. Maybe for you, it's addiction. And in your mind, you've just got this overwhelming, constant need for whatever it is that is your temptation, be it sex, drugs, alcohol, gambling, whatever it is, it is just constant war in your mind. And if you do give in, you'll then succumb and consume with guilt and shame. Battlefields can be physical and within the body. Maybe you're doing everything right. You're praying. You're here on a Sunday. You're going in faith with God, and yet every time you go to the doctors, it's not good news. Maybe for some of you, you're in constant pain, and the doctors have no idea what's wrong with you, and therefore they have no idea how to cure you. For some of you, It's the inexplicable unfairness of infertility that is your battleground. What is so easy for some couples is heartbreakingly sad for you. Despite all the money, all the prodding, all the poking, the healthy living, you've still not got a baby. Well, the good news is that our ultimate battle has already been won for us. Jesus, when he died on the cross, won our ultimate battle so that we get to rest in glory with God. But much like Nathan shared in part one of our series last week, all about freedom, God does not want us to wait until our end of our life for us to be free. He wants us to be free right now. He doesn't want us to fight these battles and that's what we're going to explore today. So, how do we have faith when we feel like we are constantly under fire? How do we believe in the battles? Well, the answer is actually surprisingly simple. And it is contained within one verse in 1 Corinthians 16. And it simply says, Be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong. Now, most of God's instructions are actually surprisingly simple. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are easy. Perhaps like me, you're looking at this and you're like, well, I am trying to stay firm in the faith. I am here every single Sunday. I am desperately trying to be strong, but it's just not working. I don't know if you have ever watched a toddler try and put on a pair of shoes they manage to somehow get them on the wrong feet backwards and get so frustrated when they are trying to get the bunny around the loop under the rainbow or whatever it is now. And the absolute worst thing that you can do is offer help. Guaranteed toddler tantrum if you offer help. So we just wait patiently until finally they ask for help. I think this is us with God. We are trying to fight our battles by ourselves. We're getting it wrong. We're getting frustrated. And God is patiently waiting. And he's just waiting for you to ask for help. So I don't know about you, but I am ready for some help. So if that's you, let's jump into this. So the very first part of the verse says, be on guard. Now, I have no military experience. I know, shock, horror. Um, But my very... um, Limited experience is the pram boot camp that I did during maternity leave. So it was a bunch of women with their prams prancing, yes, prancing, around a park doing lunges. The only experience that I have of bombs and missiles are stink bombs and the rogue pencil that hits me in the forehead, but it was meant for Freddy because he threw it first. So I've got no experience, but I absolutely love war films. And particularly, I am really fascinated by military culture and leadership. Because nowhere else in society do they have this sense of duty and responsibility. This courage to be able to be willing to go into the most dangerous places, a battlefield, and give their lives for someone else. Nowhere else. So it led me to have a look at maybe some of the elite military training that goes on. So I'm talking the U.S. Navy uh, SEALs, the SAS. What is it that they do in their training that teaches their soldiers to be on guard? What is it that they do? They're going into the most brutal and dangerous places in the world with the most dangerous people. How are they on guard? So through a lot of research, mainly watching movies, I've discovered that the key to victory... Is knowledge. Which brings us to our first point today about how we can have faith under fire that knowledge is power. So when the Navy SEAL Team 6 went into the compound where Osama bin Laden was, they had years of intelligence and knowledge. They had drone footage that gave them additional knowledge. But what was key to their victory was that SEAL SEAL Team Six had knowledge of themselves and of each other. That is what secured them victory. So, we need to know three things you need to know yourself, you need to know the enemy, and you need to know God. So, in all of the elite military training, it is brutal and it is torturous. Firstly, to sort the weak from the strong, but secondly, It's for those that make it through because they need to know their limitations, their weaknesses, and ultimately, they need to know their strength. You know, these guys are going into the most brutal battles. They're going to be pushed to their maximum physical and mental strengths. If they've not been tested in training, they will not succeed in war. When you are in your battle you need to know your limitations. If your battle is addiction, you need to know your limitation of temptation. What is it that is tempting you? Because you need to avoid that bar, that internet, that relationship. If your limitation is anxiety, you need to know your triggers and you need to know what works for you, the strategies such as CBT. We need to know ourselves. But I think for some people here today, You need to know your strength. You need to know how strong you are, because every single battle that you have already been through has made you stronger. You're stronger because you know more, you're stronger because you got through. We need to know ourselves, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The film Hacksaw Ridge is set in the Battle of Akinawa in Japan. Now, this is an enemy unlike the West had ever seen. They have a completely different philosophy of war. And it's this initial lack of knowledge from the enemy that have got the Allied forces on the back foot. They've never seen kamikaze attacks to this degree. They've had enemies wield a weapon, but they've never had enemies be the weapon. It was the same on land as well. The Japanese used night attacks to disorientate the soldiers. And without this lack of, without this knowledge, it put us on the back foot. But once we gained that knowledge, it was the allied forces that had the superior fighting power and the tables began to turn. So it is only by knowing the enemy that it can be defeated. Now, while we're talking about enemies, you might be conjuring up maybe your ex, maybe the neighbor that you have got um, a dispute with. Maybe that traitorous cell in your body. But what I'm talking about, I'm talking about our ultimate enemy. I'm talking about Satan, the devil, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him, we must know that he is real and he is, has a plan to defeat us. However, we have got the ultimate weapon. We have got our Bible. And in here, it has got knowledge that can help defeat it. So there's a couple of things that you need to know about the enemy. And the first thing is that he is a liar and a really good one. You know, if the enemy was human, he would be accused of gaslighting. This physical abuse and manipulation centers around creating self-doubt. It's subtle and it happens over time. It happens when you're in the middle of your battle and you know that God loves you, but it just doesn't look like it. And you get that voice. This doesn't look like love. Does he really love you? And it's when you're thinking about all the things that perhaps you've done wrong and then you get that voice, there's no way you're going to be forgiven. You've done way too much. Or when you're in your battle and you just haven't heard from God and you get that voice, maybe he's not even listening to you. You are alone. But you know what? When we believe these lies we then turn into a cycle of worry and fear. We lose not only our battles, but we lose our faith. And the enemy doesn't actually have to do very much. He plants that tiny seed of doubt and just sits back and watches us self-destruct, our relationships, our career. The second thing that we need to know about the enemy is that he is drawn to pride. Satan's downfall was his pride. So he is drawn to it and likes to play on it. So some of you might actually be sitting here thinking, "Well, I've not really got any battles. Life is pretty great at the moment. Great relationship, great job. But it's in those moments that Satan convinces you that you don't need God, that you can rely on your own abilities instead of relying on God. And again, the danger of this is that it is so subtle you might not even realize how close you are to a, how close you are to a fall. Now. While we must recognize that we have this enemy that is posing a threat against us, we must also recognize, and more importantly, that we have a God that is bigger and greater than any enemy that we could ever face. We need to know all about God. He has no rival. He has no equal. He is the name above all names. And it is also in our Bibles that we will find knowledge of God. In here, it talks about God's power, his nature. We've just had a whole series on who God is. Go onto YouTube, watch them, and then get into your Bible and find all about God. Find your Jehovah Nisab, find your Jehovah Rapha. Get into the Bible. We must also realize that God has a plan for us. So that when the enemy starts to lie to us and tells us, I don't think you're loved. We can go, no, yes I am, because God says he loves me and he died for me. When that voice says you are alone, you say no. God is my shield, my refuge, and he will never forsake me. This is where we get the power from, because just like the allied forces, we need the knowledge of the enemy, but we have the superior fighting power because we have God on our side. It's when we get knowledge of God and who we are in Christ, that we can really start to begin to fight our battles and have faith under fire. The second part of our verse in Corinthians says, stand firm in the faith. And this leads to our second point, which is conviction over compromise. Now, as parents to a very sassy three-year-old, Josh and I are familiar with compromise. I once read an article that said, as parents, 80% is your way, 20% for your own mental health, just give in. I am all for compromising and watching an extra episode of Bluey if it means that bedtime is smoother. I am all for chocolate round Asda to avoid that tantrum. Now, while a little bit of parenting compromise is okay spiritual compromise needs to be avoided at all costs. One of the most awe-inspiring things about Desmond Doss is not just that he signed up to fight in World War II because he had an exemption, not just that he saved close to 100 people, it's that he did that without even holding a weapon. Not just not firing one, he refused to hold one, He went into that battle without any protection. And this was due to his conviction of the commandment, do not kill, and how he was raised as a child. But Desmond's unwillingness to compromise cost him. And here's the difficulty. In order to stand firm in the faith, we need to have conviction. And we need to have conviction without compromise, but that costs. For Desmond, it almost costs him not just his career, but also his freedom because he was court-martialed for refusing a superior officer's instruction to hold a gun. And while he was in jail, he missed his wedding. Let's check out this scene. So both conviction and compromise have consequences. So my question is, who are you trying to please, the world or God? because the consequences of conviction and standing firm in the faith means that you might lose a few friendships. That girlfriend or boyfriend might not stick out. It might affect your career. But the consequences of compromise are far greater and long-lasting. When you compromise, you walk further away from God. You lose peace, you lose hope. You walk away from your freedom and you walk away from the promises of God. And when you are in your battle, you need that peace and you need um, that promise of God. The danger of compromise is the subtlety of it. You know, on December the 7th in 1941, 353 Japanese airplanes um, attacked Pearl Harbor. And within a couple of hours, eight warships, six airfields, nearly all the planes and 2,400 men were destroyed. And for those people on the ground, it was a surprise attack. But 50 minutes earlier, a small radar station had spotted those planes 137 miles out. But it was a Sunday, and there were no superior officers on. And the young lieutenant in charge simply said, don't worry about it. There would have been enough time for um, America to rally an attack. Compromise says don't worry about it just a little sin. Ooh, I know I shouldn't, but go on then. What does this look like in your life? Maybe you're compromising on gossip. I know that this is a difficult one for me in the workplace, in the staff room, that's where it's rife. But due to my conviction, it means that I just don't go to the staff room. And the consequence is that I often don't feel as included as I want to be in the social aspects of work. Perhaps it's a relationship that you're compromising on. They don't hold the same beliefs on you. So you start not turning up on a Sunday to church because they want to see you. And the consequences of this is you start losing your faith and maybe your convictions around sex begin to waver. Perhaps you are compromising on fully obeying God's word. Are you forgiving everyone? Or do we compromise and justify what they did to me was way too hard, unforgivable, can't do it. Are we praying for our enemies and loving them? Like it says in in Matthew. Or are we, again, compromising and justifying God loves me. He wouldn't want me to suffer and think about them and pray about them. To stand firm in our faith and have our convictions, we need to obey all of the commandments, not just the ones that feel good. Because when you do that, that is how you have faith under fire, because you're standing firm, you're standing close to God, and you can fight your battles together. You know, courage is often defined as doing something not in the absence of fear, but in spite of it. Doing that thing that you are afraid of, There is no doubt that every single person that fights a battle, whether it is military or whether it is personal, is courageous. But for me, Desmond Doss's courage stands out a little bit different. It wasn't just his faith that had him um, not holding a weapon. It was his faith that led him into a battle without any protection. It was his faith that led him to sacrifice, or be willing to sacrifice his own life to save that of others. For Desmond, courage was not the absence of fear, but the knowledge of who God is and that he is greater than anything that we could um, ever fear. The final part of our verse in Corinthians simply states or commands, be courageous, be strong. Okay, sounds great, but have you ever told yourself to be strong and then you're instantly strong? That's really not how it works, particularly when you're in a battle. It doesn't automatically, oh yes, be strong. Okay, I'm strong now. How does that actually work? So that leads to our f- uh, final point of how we can have faith under fire, and that's by putting faith over fear. Now some of you are like, okay, Sounds good, makes sense, but how is that any easier than just being strong or courageous? I think for most of us, fear comes from our past experiences. It comes from fear of the unknown. And when we let fear take control, we have this what if mentality. What if I can't pay the bills? What if something bad happens? What if I don't ever find love again? What if I never have that child? And when we let fear at our table, and it is a choice, we then get consumed in this mentality. We can't fight our way out. We're losing our battles. We're losing our faith. But if you choose to let faith sit at your table, you surrender your what-ifs. You surrender your fear and you choose to trust God. Fear says, what if? Faith says, even if. Even if those test results come back bad, God is my healer. Even if I can't pay the bills, God is my provider. Even if I never find love again, I will never be alone. Even if. This scene that I want to show you now is my favorite fit scene in the film and the reason why I chose this. So having fought a series of mini battles, the Allied forces are losing and at night they have been ordered to retreat off the ridge. But Desmond refuses. There are 75 men still up on that ridge, on that battlefield who are injured, who have no choice. They can't retreat. And Desmond refuses to abandon them. Let's have a look at this clip. Church, we are the soldiers on that battlefield. We are the ones lying there, broken, bruised. We've taken one too many hits in our battle. We have let fear and our what if mentality consume us. We have let hope disappear. It is retreated off the ridge. For me, Desmond Doss represents hope. He represents Jesus. Jesus has not abandoned you in your battle. He is right there fighting with you. Jesus is saying one more, Lord, help me get one more. Today, Jesus is asking you, will you put your faith, your hope in him one more time? You know, courage is deciding to hope again, to put hope in God again. Hope is surrendering to God, getting to a place where you just trust his plan for your life. Trust in the goodness and in his love. Hope is changing from that what if mentality to an even if. Even if the worst thing happens, my God is still good and I know him. But How, how do we even begin to hope? when everything feels hopeless around us, when you're so tired from your battles, you praise God, even here, even in my battle, even when I am questioning the very existence of God, not least his love for me. Yes, you praise God even here. You know, God knows a thing or two about battles. Read the Old Testament, you'll understand. But every single battle that God fights in starts and ends the same way. It ends in victory, but it starts with praise. So church, right now, we're going to praise God. We're going to restore our hope. We're going to put our faith in God one more time. We're going to raise a hallelujah even here. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you can take that message and apply it to your life. Also, don't forget to take a moment to subscribe, rate and review this podcast. To get connected or stay more connected to the life of Liverpool One Church and learn how you can join us live, visit liverpoolonechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us and we hope to see you again soon.